0: Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app.
1: Welcome into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors, and want to make it even better, you're in the right place. With host Rob Keck, your adventure starts right here. Good
0: morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host. You know, and in spite of the COVID-19, I just hope that you and your family are having a wonderful Saturday and getting a chance to social distance in the great outdoors. Man, the opportunities are just limitless. Well, we are in the month of May, and for the most part, that's the final month of the spring turkey season for uh, all those turkey hunters. But, you know, if you want to stretch it into the first week of June, uh, plan a trip to Maine. They have their season open right through the first week of June. So opportunities there. Well, and with that said, we're finding every day more and more public boat ramps opening up in many places that were previously closed. The fishing opportunities continue to be on fire as well. Walleye, smallmouth, trout, crappies, catfish, bass are just a few of the many options that you have. And for those of you not venturing far from home, why don't you try one of those local farm ponds or lakes? I mean, great places to take your kids, introduce them to fishing. You know, one of the silver linings in this coronavirus situation is that, you know, we're seeing many first-time reactivated hunters, anglers, and recreational shooters. And that's a good thing. Well, there's lots of action, lots of opportunities out there in the water and in the woods all across the country. And that means before you head to the timber out on the water, you got to stop on by check us out online at Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's. And uh, you're going to find the latest gear at the very best prices on everything you'll need for fishing, hunting, boating, recreational shooting, and off-roading, and more. Yes, even with uh, some of our retail destination stores having limited uh, restrictions, you can always check us out online at BassPro.com or Cabela's.com and have it delivered right to your door. Well, we're happy to announce that the Granddaddy Bass Pro Shop store in Springfield, Missouri, is now open. The governor and first lady of Missouri and lieutenant governor they were there earlier this month to help kick off the grand reopening. We've got a great show today. Two outstanding guests. Both have been with us before. Uh, this week be Bruce Pettit, the president and CEO of a true American manufacturer, Leopold Stevens Incorporated, and that's the optics company. Also with us going to be the president and chief executive officer of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Joe Bartosi. But before we meet today's guests, I just want, uh, to once again offer sincere thanks and continued prayers to our Frontline medical workers for their tireless and long hours, treating the many hundreds and thousands of coronavirus patients around the country and literally around the world. You know, we extend our thanks also and, and prayers to our first line responders, our law enforcement officers, our firemen, ambulance drivers, National Guard and more for their service to our communities, which we're truly blessed to have those that offer themselves in the line of duty. Well, if you've ever mounted a scope on a rifle or a shotgun, I'll bet the name Leupold has been considered and probably chosen by more recreational shooters and hunters than any other optic. Well, Bruce Pettit is the president and chief executive officer Leupold Stevens Incorporated, the world's leader in performance sporting optics employing more than 700 people in Beaverton, Oregon. He serves on the Board of Governors for the National Shooting Sports Foundation as well as the Board of Directors of Honored American Veterans Field. And during his tenure at Leopold Stevens, the company has been awarded multiple times for the NASGW Optics Manufacturer of the Year, recognized multiple years with the NRA Golden Bullseye Award for product innovation, and in multiple years for being the most admired companies of Oregon. In 2016, received the Oregon Ethics and Business Award. He's passionate and an accomplished big game hunter. He's been with us before. Please welcome back to Outdoor World, Bruce Pettit. Bruce, welcome back, and I trust that you're healthy and coronavirus-free.
2: <laughs> uh, Rob, thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm excited to be with you today. And uh, yes, yes, everyone at our factory here in Beaverton, Oregon, is safe, and we've had no uh, COVID cases, and, and um, I'm really pleased and blessed by that. And and we continue to work hard and manufacture rifle scopes seven days a week right here in our factory.
0: Yeah, well, you sort of answered where I was going to go next, you know, with this social distancing in Beaverton, Oregon. uh, Obvious with no uh, COVID cases there in your your factory, uh, things look looking pretty good then as recovery begins
2: yeah you know it 's challenging right we've we've uh, you know we 're a department of defense contractor and we have active military contracts and of course that means we were designated as an essential business and so what we had to do is make you know significant adjustments to how we operate our factory and our facility um, back on march eighteenth we, we we saw the stay at home orders coming down it hadn 't been actually ordered at that time, but we saw them coming down the pike and and we proactively went and we closed our factory on, a, on that Wednesday and did a complete deep clean. Then we immediately got our engineering and manufacturing teams together and, and really pretty incredible work by our team to go in and completely re, re, relay out our, our factory. In some of our places like assembly, folks work a little tighter and so we had to go in, make the changes. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that, that by the next Monday, we were up and operating. So I'm, I'm so proud of our team here at Leupold and you know, just pulling together and, and really getting it done. It's, it's, a, it's a real uh, uh, confidence builder when you have a team like that, when you're a CEO.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, look, uh, why don't you give us a quick introduction or overview to Loophold? There's listeners out there saying, I've heard that name, but uh, uh, tell me more. So why don't you share that, that introduction to the company?
2: You bet. Leupold & Stevens is a fifth-generation family-owned business. We're one of those unique family-owned businesses. We've been manufacturing rifle scopes here in Oregon for over 70 years. And we we really are a family here. We have a lot of family members that not only work in the business, but but actual families that come in and, and work. So we have brothers and sisters, and, and they're not necessarily shareholders. They're just folks that you know really like what we do and believe in the quality optics that we make. So Really proud of of this company and what we've been able to accomplish. And it's, it's not easy to have a family-owned business that's been around. We're actually 113 <laughs> years old now. So Amazing. pretty uh, pretty proud of that.
0: Yeah. Look, here, we just have a minute before we need to take our next break. But uh, what do you mean when I hear you call Leupold a true American manufacturer?
2: Well, you know, we are owned, designed, machined, assembled, Everything we do is right here in America. Um, every single rifle scope that we make is made in our factory. So if you're going to mount it on any kind of firearm and look through it and pull the trigger, that, that moment of truth, it's got to come out of our factory here in Beaverton, Oregon. And we take that real seriously. And, and frankly, Rob, you know, as you know, no one else does what we do. No one's even close.
0: No, they don't. Well, look, that's going to take us to our first break. Uh, Bruce, let's hold that thought because we've got a lot to talk about here and it's Rob Kack your host right here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World and we will be right back
3: years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit
1: BooneAndCrockettClub.com back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back
0: to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the president and the CEO of Leopold Stevens, Bruce Pettit. You know, Bruce, uh, the last time we were together uh, on the show, you know, I shared a story back then uh, when, uh, you know, it was in 1966. I was 16 years old, opened the Pennsylvania deer season, at a day-long statewide driving cold rain. There were tens of thousands of deer hunters that had fogged and water-filled scopes on their rifles. I can tell you, I was fortunate, along with many other hunters who carried the scope with the gold ring, who didn't have a drop of moisture in our scopes. And uh, in fact, when that gray light was fading through that downpour late in the day, I had no trouble finding the crosshairs on my four-power Leupold scope to to drop a seven-pointer in that thick mountain laurel. And, you know, from that time on, there's been no need to look further for quality. Top of the line scope, binoculars, and millions of others remain loyal to your products because of that exact and unequaled quality, reliability, durability, and value. What would you have to say to that?
2: <laughs> well, first of all, I love to hear that. You know, we <laughs> offer a lifetime guarantee. And the reality though is is there's a, you can there's a lot of warranties out there, but we guarantee performance. And there's only one opening day a year. And I'll be damned if we're going to be the company that lets you down on that opening day. Now, there's no FedEx when you're in the tree stand that shows up. So you better make sure that your optic works. And uh, we're committed to making sure that happens.
0: Yeah, you know, it was amazing. I can remember back then, uh, you know, gosh, there were so many guys I talked to said, man, I had a deer in front of me. put my gun up and I couldn't see through my scope. Said it was waterlogged. And, you know, there was nobody. Back then or today that equals what your company produces. Well, you know, when we look back uh, at that last segment and we talked about the true American manufacturer, uh, how does that set Leupold apart from other optics companies that are based in the United States?
2: Well, there's a bunch of ways. The, the first one is that our engineering work is done here. It's not done in, you know, a factory over in Asia. We we actually employ about 70 engineers at Leupold and Stevens, and they work every single day with our manufacturing team to make sure that we're bringing you the world's best performance optics. We have uh, optical engineers that work on light management every day, and a lot of what we do as it relates to managing light and our Twilight Max system is about giving you that opportunity that, frankly, other optics can't, which is that first five minutes and last five minutes that we as hunters know is so important when you get into low light conditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So
2: we just, we put it all together. It's not just the fact that we make our scopes here, but it's it's how we engineer them and how we design them as well.
0: Well, uh, I guess then, you know, being a true American manufacturer, uh, that means an awful lot for your products. Do you want to add anything to that?
2: Well, I think it's just, it just comes down to, to being passionate about performance and quality. You know, we have, uh, we have a great reputation for standing behind our products and for customer service and, and the quality that we put out. And I think it all, our team gets inspired by, we talk about creating epic moments at Leupold & Stevens for, for our customers. And what that means is, whether it's, whether it's a, a father and son in the field and that ability to enjoy that time together as a family and making sure our product works there, or, or much more importantly, when it's, we put optics on our warfighters, and that product has to work absolutely unquestionably. And our team gets really inspired about the ability to make sure that, that we, won't, we won't let you down.
0: Yeah, well, uh, there's no question about uh, that standing behind the product. I mean, I've never, ever run into anybody that ever had an issue in, in that arena. You guys stand behind it, and, uh, you know, I've never had anything from all the different products that, that I've had from your company. Uh, fail me, and, uh, you know, that means a lot, and I think also today, you know, when we're looking at, uh, you know, how the supply chain has been held up uh, with products coming out of Asia, uh, Made in America, I think, has even a stronger value today than ever before, and I would suspect there's probably going to be a lot more manufacturers that uh, are going to be shifting their their point of manufacturing, and, you know, I know many have moved offshore just to try to, to gain Price advantage, but uh, you know that only goes so far. You know, after that uh, advantage of of a low price uh, is lost when the product doesn't function, uh, you really say, "Did I really get a deal?"
2: That's that's exactly right, and it's about value, isn't it? I mean, it's it's price isn't the isn't the determinant. It's really value, and so from a value basis, I'll put our American made rifle scopes up against anyone. What they offer from a feature standpoint, from a guarantee, from an ability to perform, from a light management, you go on down the line. And, yeah, we're not going to be the most inexpensive scope. But what we will be is American-made, and we will – you put us up feature to feature, and we will beat them every time.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier on that first segment about, uh, you know, when you saw what was happening, you closed the plant down, you – Took and just, I mean, from top to bottom, sanitized it, and then back into manufacturing. Tell us how where where it's at right now. What what are you looking at there in your plant as you look to to deal with this COVID nineteen pandemic?
2: When we made the changes from an engineering standpoint, our engineering layout of the factory, we we then took the opportunity to do a few things differently, and, and one was. We have active military contracts. I'm, I'm really pleased that we just got the Army Precision Sniper Rifle Program with our Mark V wow. product.
3: Wow.
2: And, and so we, we'd gotten actually letters from the Department of Defense saying, hey, you got to continue, we need this product, you got to continue to manufacture. And we said, we're going to do everything we can. And so when we really re- re- you know, engineered the factory, we made sure that we, in fact, upped our production. On a couple of our key items that was related to uh, Department of Defense orders, military orders, and also our, our uh, law enforcement out there. And so our Mark V was a key product and our Delta Point Pro, which was a key product. And so both of those, we've actually upped production on those to make sure we're staying up with the demand that comes in.
0: What all are you producing for the military? I mean, you obviously, you've just touched on it. You've got a relationship. It appears a strong relationship with the military. Uh, just very quickly, uh, what all? You said about the Mark V. Uh, what else? Well,
2: that Mark V, we want a couple of different contracts on on that one, both in a 5 to 25 and our, our 3.6 to 18. It's a tremendous rifle scope. We've uh, spent three years in development on that. And we're so proud of what it's been able to accomplish. So that's really become a go-to. Uh, our Delta Point Pro is used by operators throughout the world. It's uh, got that name for a reason. And so uh, we continue to make that as well. And then we have a number of other things on some of our spotters and other products that that we do. So, it, you know, we do things with uh, Secret Service. We do things with uh, Customs and Border Patrol. We have a number of different uh, projects going on and, and contracts that we that we do.
0: Yeah. Well... We need to take our next break, and folks, when we return, going to continue our conversation with Bruce. There's a whole lot more coming right up, and I'm Rob Kank, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. Golf is more than just
3: a game; it is an experience, and some experiences are so enjoyable they become memorable, and are cherished for a lifetime. Top of the rock, Buffalo Ridge. Come closer to nature, closer to bliss, and closer to heaven than you ever imagined. This is golf in the Ozarks.
1: Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and thanks for
0: joining us here. And we are visiting with the president and chief executive officer of Leopold Stevens Incorporated, Bruce Pettit. You know, Bruce, uh looking back at that, that last segment in your work with the military, I've got to feel that uh, that has built some tremendous pride within your employee base. Uh, tell us, give me a, give me a, just a snapshot of how they feel about, you know, these products they know that are going to really maybe mean the difference between life and death of a soldier.
2: Rob, I've had the opportunity to read to our entire team, some of the letters that I've gotten in from our warfighters. And I've had letters that basically have said, you know, look, I was in a really tough spot and all of a sudden, you know, my rifle was, you know, 15 feet away from me and I reengaged and my optic was still right on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when I'm able to read that to our team, it gives me chills talking about it now, uh, yeah. but I will tell you what that does for our team is we take quality incredibly seriously uh, because of that and so we're just it just it just makes us proud it really does
0: yeah well it has to i mean gosh it gives me chill bumps just <laughs> you talking about it and so obviously we you know we've talked about Leopold's history and unique place uh, as american as an american optics manufacturer so there's hunters out there saying okay how does this partnership with the military benefit hunters share with us your thoughts there
2: it it does it does incredible things for hunters because what it is is all of the research and development and engineering and work that we do with our military, it it actually starts very often with the most elite military units and these are our guys that uh, they don't like to be talked about but they are deployed all the time and they're mm-hmm. out there all the time doing things that many of us don't even know about right and and so the ability to develop product for that group of users. We take that technology, we take that engineering, we take everything we do there and what we learn from that, and we drive that down into all of our hunting products. So whether you're starting with what would be an entry level in our line or moving all the way up to an elite hunting product like a VX6, which is you know, really a tremendous, tremendous rifle scope, we, it, you're using the same technology, the same learnings for, and our hunters and shooters get the benefit out of that.
0: Yeah. And all of these products are being produced in the United States, correct?
2: Any, any optic that you're going to mount on any kind of a weapon at all, get behind it, pull the trigger, is made in our factory in Beaverton, Oregon.
0: All right. We've got some guys that uh, hunt turkeys with shotguns. What kind of optics uh, do you have for them that don't want to use open sights?
2: We have a number of things you can, you, can, you can do there. One is if you want a red dot sight, I, you know, you can put a Delta Point Pro on your shotgun real easy. And um, that works tremendous. I've, I've done that. My daughter shot her, her first turkey with one, and it mm-hmm. uh, really takes the, you know, you just put that red dot right in that right spot <laughs> and, and let them have it. And it works really well. But we also have a number of really low-powered, uh, even variable scopes, fixed scopes, things that you can put on your turkey gun that are lightweight and easy to operate and, and make it make it really make a lot of sense. So we have a number of options, just depending upon what's allowed in your state.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a number of states, of course, that allow scopes on muzzleloaders. And uh, we've got some listeners out there that hunt with black powder. What do you have available for them?
2: We have specific muzzleloader scopes. You can go into our Freedom Line and you can, you can find scopes that'll be absolutely perfect for your muzzleloader. The other thing, too, is a lot of guys have been using even our CDS system, which is our custom dial system, on their muzzle loaders because you can get a velocity out of that, and you can have mm-hmm. a dial so that you can dial that uh, into exact uh, amount of yardage that you need to, to shoot with. So it's pretty handy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, tell us about your bucket list of hunts for this fall. And of course, right now, all of us know uh, that uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, it uh, we don't know where we're going to be, uh, you know, this summer or the end of the summer, into the fall. But uh, I think we all have to plan. And as I heard Gray Thornton of the Wild Sheep Foundation in a recent video say that, uh, you know, we've, we've got to support our state fish and wildlife agencies by your licenses because they depend on that money from tags and permits and, and what have you. So looking at your bucket list, what's on that wish list for this fall?
2: well i agree with gray i think it's a that's the right thing to do and and we're we're doing it and i think the other thing too is you know there's the planning is so important just to just to have that uh that thought of that being out there even if it uh, doesn't come to fruition is gets me motivated but to answer your question i have a mule deer hunt this fall with a great friend of mine uh sergeant major kyle lamb who is a former delta operator and an incredible outdoorsman and uh, we're going to head out to utah if we can and and i'm really looking forward to getting in the
4: field with kyle
0: yeah well utah's got some great great mule deer i MC that western hunting conservation expo every year and uh you know those mule deer tags like antelope island i've seen that thing go for four hundred and ten thousand dollars which gives you just some kind of insight on what kind of mule deer you might find in that state and yeah uh, any yeah. anyway well how about our listeners that they want to look at your complete line i mean you've got so many different optics you know from binoculars to scopes to sights uh you know where can they find out and experience the tremendous lineup of loophole sport optics
2: loophole.com uh, it's just it's we've got a really good website. It's got a lot of technical information, and when you go on to com, sign up for the Loophole Core Insider Newsletter, and that'll give you any updates that we have on product and other things that we're doing. It's a great resource.
0: Yeah, great. You know, one of the questions that comes up many times, okay, I bought a scope and I want to mount it on my rifle. You provide mounts as well.
2: We, we do, mounts. and in fact, we have a mount finder app that you can download right under your phone. So that when you 're in the store you can you can pick what rifle you have, you can go through, and it 'll select the proper mounts for the for the scope that you're uh, that you 're trying to mount on it
0: yeah there's I, I hear that quite often i 've got my scope, but i 'm not sure what mounts I need so Anyway, unfortunately, we're out of time. But, Bruce, thanks for your time, your leadership, and the quality of Made in America. God bless you. Well, folks, when we return, we're going to catch up with the president and CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Joe Bartosi. And I'm Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back.
5: This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old Beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org.
1: Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just
0: tuned in, we're introducing our next guest. Well, Joe Bartozzi spent the majority of his long career in the firearms industry with Mossberg. And he joined the company back in 1986. And his time there included quality engineer, quality manager, product service manager, director of technical sales, director of manufacturing operations, corporate attorney, and executive vice president and general counsel. boy, that just about covers it all. But before uh, becoming president of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Joe was chairman of the board of directors of the Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute, sometimes known as SAMI and uh, he's the chairman of the governance the governance committee of the Council to Advance the Hunting and Shooting Sports. He's also a certified range safety officer by the NRA. Joe was nominated as person of the year by Shot Business Magazine and in 2015 was admitted to the bar of the US Supreme Court and a member of the Connecticut and Maine State Bar Associations. Well there's a whole lot more and we're going to find out about that. So let's welcome back to Outdoor World. My good friend, Joe Bartosi. Joe, welcome back to Outdoor World.
4: Hey, Rob, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back here again.
0: Yeah, look, of course, we're in these uncharted waters and, uh, you know, of, of this COVID-19. I just hope that you, your family, uh, are healthy and coronavirus free.
4: You know, our family's had some challenges with this thing as a lot of Connecticut's been hit pretty hard by this. But uh mm. do want to give a shout out to the doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and the National Guard folks that are helping us here in Connecticut to uh, keep folks uh, safe and getting healthy.
0: Yeah, we do. And I I acknowledge them right at the beginning of the show, and we can't do it enough. Uh, my gosh, what those frontliners are doing. And, uh, you know, living in these very unusual times of uncharted waters, uh, you know, it seems like gun sales have been amazing, almost at a record pace. And wh- some people are asking, well, why is that during a time like we're in today? What What do you have to say about that?
4: Yeah, for sure. The uh, firearm sales certainly have hit record highs. Uh, certainly in March they did. And they continued very, very strong sales in April. Uh, this was a very organic thing. I, I think when people started to face uh, the uncertainty and hear about what was happening and frankly, the potential for what could happen if it got worse. Uh, instinctively, they decided that yes, they have to stock up on provisions. Uh, that's important. But so is protecting your family. And so many new uh, gun owners decided that this was a time to exercise their Second Amendment rights to to uh, use a firearm as a means to defend their family should, you know, the, the situation deteriorate. And I'll tell you, this is exactly in my mind why the second amendment was part of the bill of rights to begin with yeah and it certainly shows that it still has strong relevancy here in the 21st century. because you never know what could happen and again it was a very instinctive thing people just decided this is what i need to do and uh, certainly we saw the lines in unprecedented sales
0: yep there's no question about that well the national shooting sports foundation is a trade association for the firearms and ammunition uh manufacturers of our country and so my my question is How has the pandemic affected the manufacturers of firearms? What challenges have they
4: seen? Yeah, well, I've been in contact with a number of manufacturers recently, and a lot of them, um, frankly, are, are doing well. Uh, They've been taking very strict precautions. Uh, A lot of them are splitting their workforce into smaller groups, so they're not all together in the factories at the same time. Uh, But again, they are taking very strong precautions to make sure that things are clean, to protect their employees. You know, naturally, they're part of the critical infrastructure, providing firearms and ammunition for the Department of Defense and, of course, law enforcement folks. So it's important that they stay open and healthy. And thankfully, we're seeing that, that they are doing just that. Well, that's great. And, you know, the
0: supply chain has been disrupted in a, in a lot of different areas. How about uh, with manufacturing firearms? Has has that been an issue?
4: We're starting to see that some of the supply chain might be slightly disrupted. But so far as we can tell, and the NSSF did a survey a couple of weeks ago, uh, it shows still pretty strong numbers in terms of the ability to get raw materials and processes done outside Um, And we have been working with Department of Homeland Security to make sure that they reiterate that not only are the manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and ranges critical and essential, but also the folks that supply them uh, are critical and essential to keep that supply chain going. Yeah. Well, how, how has the pandemic affected retailers? You know, that's being uh, handled really a state-by-state thing. Uh, At the federal level, they have been deemed part of the critical infrastructure, uh, which is a good thing, but, of course, it's not binding on the states. Now, most states um, have decided to keep uh, retailers open. And, of course, there's some social distancing practices and some good hygiene uh, recommendations, of course, that are being followed. Um, But we're seeing in all but really – Massachusetts, which seems to have no gun shops open at the moment, uh, and that's in litigation uh, coincidentally, um, but also New York is um, having some challenges with their retailers because of, I think, uncertainty in the way the law is being, was written. But in almost every state, retailers are open for business and conducting business um, perhaps slightly different than they would normally, but, but certainly in a way that they will service their customers as efficiently as they can. Yeah. Well, with so many
0: new gun buyers, especially there in March and April, talk to us about NSSF's gun safety outreach in light of these these new first-time gun buyers that you talked about.
4: Yeah, I mean, we're really thrilled to see so many first-time gun owners get out there. But, of course, along with that comes the, the obligation to get trained up on safe handling and safe storage of their farms when they're not being used. So um, we have, uh, we launched a press release with several hyperlinks to our safety materials. And of course, probably the best one to go to right off the bat would be Project Child Safe because in that website, uh, it's projectchildsafe.org, there are a number of videos uh, and training materials for beginners all the way up to experts in safe handling storage. And NSSF has a YouTube page as well which has a lot of training videos. Of course, other groups like NRA and USCCA have a lot of terrific materials, but we're trying to do the virtual training now because there are some places where ranges might not be uh, either they're not open or if they are open, they certainly are operating on limited capacity to protect social distancing. So we're making sure that we're putting out as much online research as uh, online information as, as possible for this time. Yeah. We've only got
0: about 30 seconds here to take uh, this next break. But what type of firearms are these new gun buyers
4: buying? Yeah, well, anecdotally, we're hearing from retailers that a lot of handguns uh, are being purchased, again, for personal protection. We're also hearing a lot of shotguns are being purchased, some modern sporting rifles. Um, but but mainly right now what we're hearing is handguns and shotguns.
0: Yeah. Well, look, that's going to take us to our next break. We return, going to continue our visit with Joe. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right back.
6: You know it takes the right habitat to conserve and grow healthy wildlife populations. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're committed to helping landowners voluntarily protect land and wildlife habitat forever. Benefits here go beyond protecting habitat for upland birds and wildlife. Native grasslands protect soil, provide valuable resources for the ranching community, and serve as a natural filter to enhance water quality for all. We need your help to protect America's grasslands for future generations. Creating and leaving a legacy is within your reach. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're here to help you make a difference. Healthy habitat, and abundant wildlife. Build it today to last forever. To learn more about how you can help us protect America's uplands, please visit us at pheasantsforever.org legacy.
1: Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. On Rural Radio, Sirius XM, and we are back. And thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just joined
0: us, we're privileged to have as our guest the president and CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Joe Bartozzi. You know, Joe, I was asking about what type of firearms these uh, the gun these new gun buyers were were purchasing. Where do you see them getting their instruction? Now you mentioned about going online, but let's just say. Uh, you know, we've got Joe Smith that just, you know, he just bought uh, uh, a handgun. He's bought the, the right ammunition. But where where are they getting their instruction or aren't they getting it?
4: Well, I, th- I think the, the first place, of course, and most obviously is the retailer themselves uh, is going to be a great resource for uh, initial instruction in, you know, that new firearm, whatever that model happens to be. Of course, as I tell people, you know, going back, in my career is read the manual, read the owner's manual. Uh, In my career, I spent a lot of time writing and reviewing owner's manuals. And I always tell people, that's the best first source of information about the particular operating characteristics of your firearm. So definitely do that. And again, there are so many now online resources available that at at this point in time, when you can't get to a range and you can't get out with a mentor or a buddy, which certainly would be ideal, uh, that would be the place to go. When this passes, when things clear up, Getting out to the range with a trusted friend, family member, neighbor, uh, someone who knows uh, the the etiquette of a range and also the safe handling of a firearm, that is by far the most ideal way to go.
0: Yeah. Well, as we know, I mean, during this challenging time we're in, uh, there's some real challenges and challenges with, well, some retailers and manufacturers being designated as essential business, yet others not getting that designation either locally or within their state. Talk to us about uh, ATF and their role in the designation for these retailers. You mentioned about Massachusetts. No gun shops are open. Talk to us about
4: that. Right. Well, the, the first thing the NSSF did when this pandemic started to hit our shores was to reach out to the Department of Homeland Security to get the designation for manufacturers, distributors, retailers and ranges as being essential businesses and that was done successfully and again at the national level or the federal level that certainly is the designation however that is not binding on the individual states some states have embraced the guidance that department of homeland security has provided verbatim they have embraced this thing and they have um, kept or allowed gun shops retailers and ranges to remain open again with with proper social distancing etc but again, the states are in the states are uh, independent uh, to use their own judgment on how they're going to interpret that, and in some cases, even even counties have gone down and, and gotten more even hyper local than than the states themselves. Uh, and but again, it, it really applies to firearms and ammunition sales. So uh, it could be that a large retail store could be open to sell firearms and ammunition, but may may not be allowed to sell camping equipment or sweatshirts mm-hmm. or something along yeah. those lines. So they they really are tailoring it very narrowly to protect, you know, the, the customers and of course the the employees. Uh, but it, you mentioned the ATF. So once we got the critical infrastructure designation at DHS, we reached out to ATF because a lot of retailers simply couldn't have large numbers of people in their stores because of social distancing requirements. So we asked the ATF, how can they, uh, complete these transactions. Do the background checks. Give the proper instruction to these gun buyers um, if they can't come into the shop. And the ATF uh, very timely and 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 most most appreciative of what they did. But they reached out and said, okay. They sent a letter to FFLs and re, you know the retailers and said, look, you can conduct business you know through an open door or in part of your parking lot, um, basically allowing them to expand their footprint to maintain social distancing, not have people crowded into a store. And that was just, you know, that really, really helped a lot of our retailers stay in business um, and service their customers.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, as as you've pointed out, uh, you know, this this was not administered evenly across the board. And, uh, you know, it's just too bad that uh, some states, you know, retailers just couldn't even operate. Well, look, we know how important – voting is in this country. Joe, as we all know, there's a very important election coming up in November. Tell us about the National Shooting Sports Foundation's gun vote, uh, the efforts leading up to those elections in November.
4: Yeah, we've got got a a very important uh, election, naturally, uh, and our gun vote effort is really a three-pronged approach. The first thing is we're going to be reaching out to gun owners all over the country and urging them to register to vote. Register to vote so you can exercise your right and protect your freedoms. That is the first thing. The second prong is going to be to provide information to voters on candidates' positions regarding the Second Amendment, gun ownership, things like that. Um, certainly, we've all heard the, the news. We've seen the news stories about, you know, the a presidential candidate you know, basically vowing to take down the industry to come after gun owners and come after the gun industry. I mean, that type of information people need to know about if they value their individual freedoms, and their rights under the Second Amendment, and in fact, the entire Constitution. So we're trying to get that information out there so that we just make let people make their own decision, but an informed decision. And the third prong, of course, is we're going to be urging people to actually get out and vote. So you have to register, you have to get informed, and then you actually have to go vote, because that's the only way we're going to have an impact on this upcoming election. It's going to be very, very close and very tight. But throughout the country, we're going to be tracking the races, We're going to be tracking the candidates and sharing the information so people can be educated on the positions that candidates are taking.
0: Yep. Well, it is important. And, you know, what was really alarming to me that back in the last presidential election, 2016, of the 12 million hunters, whichever source you use, let's just say 12 million hunters, there were almost five million that didn't vote. A large portion of those were not registered and I know i 've talked to a number of hunting groups about this, and they 're like in disbelief and uh, Somehow we have got to get that first prong really really charged up because obviously they can't vote if they 're not registered so we've got a lot lot of work there to do and uh, anyway. You also serve on the Council to Advance the Hunting and Shooting Sports. I mentioned that in your introduction. R3, recruitment, retention, reactivation are certainly key to the future of hunting and recreational shooting. Uh, We don't have time right here. Uh, When we come back from this break, I want you to talk to us about NSSF's Plus One Movement of Recruitment and Mentoring. Uh, It's a great program, and it's one that, uh, you know, if if we're going to take and and move – Uh, forward in the future to have support of that second amendment we've got to to work and and mentor and recruit in a big way look folks that's going to take us here to our final break and uh, we'll continue our visit with joe when we come back this and a whole lot more coming up and you're listening to bass pro shops outdoor world and this is rob keck and we will be right back Sirius XM's Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. This is Rob Keck, host of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, with the latest information about hunting,
1: fishing, and more. This is Janet Atkinson, host of FFA Today, your in-depth look at the nation's premier youth organization. Get connected with Real Ag Radio. This is Sean
2: Haney. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in all of North America. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit
1: trcp.org to learn more and take action to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass
0: Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we've been having a very enlightening and educational visit with the President and the CEO of the National Shooting Sports Foundation, my good friend Joe Bartosi. Joe, I was just running out of time there uh, right before the break, and uh, you know, talking about uh, recruitment, retention, reactivation. NSSF has the plus one movement of recruitment and mentoring. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, that's a program that we started about 14 or 15 months ago, To and the, and the concept being that if every hunter and every shooter invited just one new person to come out to the field or out to the range, we could secure the future of hunting and the shooting sports for generations to come because it'll, it'll perpetuate itself and really uh, give people an opportunity to share in the pastime that we love so much. Uh, and let them experience that themselves. So we're trying to to get the word out to everybody to launch this campaign. And and so far, you know, it's been about, like I said, 14 months. We've had about nearly 600,000 people take the pledge to sign up or bring a new hunter or shooter out to the field or to the range. And we're very, very proud of that. And our goal this year is to hit a million, uh, really to secure the future of our sports. Well, it is so important. And
0: uh, I just can't say enough about uh, the effectiveness uh, of what the National Shooting Sports Foundation has been doing in the past and continues to do, I got to ask you: are, are we making any headway? Are you seeing any measurable growth in R three?
4: Yeah, we are actually. Um, we're very pleased that so many states now have actually are hired uh, and mentored R three coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, the communication effort that the states are putting forth to get people back out is really working. I was on a call about two weeks ago with a number of state fish and wildlife folks, and they're indicating that there's definitely an increase in, in hunting and shooting participation and in hunting uh, license sales. So while we were declining for a number of years, we've seen that stabilize and we're starting to see that trend reverse and more people are getting out there. and And now, of course, we're even hearing people are using hunting to supplement their protein for their diet yeah Um, so you know there's there's something there to be said about being in the outdoors it is it is reinvigorating and refreshing um, and we're starting to see this uh, quite a bit so we're very proud of what the states are doing and uh, it seems to be having the desired effect that's great that is
0: great news why don't you share with us uh, here on nssf's gun owners care program and the charitable efforts that are coming from the industry and gun owners
4: Yeah, there are so many great stories about what the industry does to help its communities. I mean, everything from sponsoring blood drives uh, to right now making face masks uh, to donating uh, to visiting nurses and things like that. There's so many of these great stories all over the country. We're just trying to create a forum so gun owners and the gun industry can frankly put that out there. Because I think so many times we become misunderstood um, it seems to be fashionable lately to kind of bash uh, gun owners um, and the and the the shooting and hunting community. So we're just trying to create a situation where people feel good about what we are actually doing, and not not just in charitable works, but in safety efforts, and conservation efforts, getting out there and you know helping wildlife uh, restoration, habitat uh, restoration, and things like that. These are all good things that we're trying to share, so people can push back against the narrative that we're somehow a problem or, or, you know, um, creating problems with, 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 uh, with guns in this country.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, mainstream media, we just do not get the credit for all the good that we do. And, you know, when you look at the restoration of so many wildlife species, species that are hunted and many that are not, I mean, the hunters and recreational shooters are the guys with the white hats because they've generated that money through Pittman Robertson, the excise tax and firearms ammunition related equipment And what a story it is. So they won't tell it, so we got to tell it and do it in a good way. Well, look, as a hunter, as a gun owner, and I myself as a member of our church safety team, I can tell you firsthand, safety is foremost in my mind as it is with so many others. Why don't you tell us about NSSF's Real Solutions Program regarding gun safety and keeping guns out of the wrong hands?
4: Yeah, we've got a series of programs that are designed to keep guns out of the wrong hands. And what we mean by that is unsupervised children, people that might be at risk to harm themselves or somebody else, um, you know, criminals to be sure. And just to highlight a few of the things, you know, Project Child Safe is now 21 years um and going, going strong. We've now distributed 38 million safety kits, which include a gun lock, but really it's education information about safe storage and safe handling. And just in the 21 years that we've had ChildSafe going, accidental deaths by firearm have declined by nearly 45%. So we're very, very proud of what we're doing and partnering with law enforcement all over the country. Uh, we've got two uh, programs that we work with ATF on. That's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And these are designed to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. One is called Don't Lie for the Other Guy, which is designed to train retailers how to spot and deter straw, you know, illegal straw purchases. And the other one is called Operation Secure Store, which is designed to educate retailers on how to secure their premises to prevent thefts and burglaries and robberies uh, from them. And we're happy to report, ATF has been very pleased with the results that the numbers are declining in these areas. So we're really keeping hands, uh, guns out of the hands of criminals. We have a what we call Fix Nix, which is uh, basically taking the National Instant Criminal Check System uh, and requiring states to put the, the data, the information into that database. To date, we've changed the laws in 16 different states and at the federal level to make sure that all of the records are in the background check system. Because, you know, if you have a background check system, it's only as good as the the data that's in it. So we're trying to make sure the data is complete and accurate. And our latest efforts is in the area of suicide prevention. What most people don't know, and you you don't really hear from the media and politicians, some of them at least, is that two-thirds of all firearm-related deaths in this country are by suicide Mm -hmm. Not homicide, not accidents. So we partnered up with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the Department of Veteran Affairs. And we've put out uh, toolkits to thousands and thousands of retailers and ranges all over the country uh, and other community partners to identify warning signs and to provide information on how to spot these warning signs and what to do uh, if someone in your family or one of your customers, perhaps, is showing signs of distress. And we're really convinced that we can save lives by having gun owners talk to other gun owners and veterans, et cetera. And we think we can have an impact here. So those are really the what I would call the, you know, the foundation of our Real Solutions campaign. But we really are uh, saving lives, and we are absolutely committed to doing so uh, going forward. Yeah, great programs. And, of course, right now
0: during these very difficult times, I know suicide rates have been up. And we have got to make sure we plug in to, to this program. We're just about out of time, just very quickly. Uh, I know coming up, uh, National Shooting Sports Month is coming up. Tell us about this and what's happening during that month. And we just have a short amount of time.
4: Yeah, we're using August every year to identify and support local retailers and ranges. We're getting people out to those places. They're running um, programs and discounts to get people into their shops. Last year, we had 3,400 events around the country. This year, we're hopeful, optimistic based upon how the virus goes. But really, it's to get people involved in, uh, with their local retailers and ranges and learn some new shooting skills. Very good. Well, look, if people want to find out more
0: about these different programs, National Shooting Sports Foundation, how can they do that, Joe?
4: The best place to go is to NSSF.org. That is our main web page. We have several others, um, but that's the main one that will link you to all the others. Um, so that's what I would do with the first as the first step, Joe, thanks for being with us today. Thank you.
0: And congratulations on the tremendous leadership that you have provided and continue to bring forth. Stay safe, stay strong. And for all who support our Second Amendment, our freedom. And our great nation. Folks, that's going to wrap it up for today here at Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And I'm Rob Kack, On behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to conservation and preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week.
1: This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations.